We're we're rolling, right? Yeah, we're rolling. So well, this is the episode. <laughs> okay, I think I got it. There we go. Okay. You got it. Oh, yep, we're live. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> That's you know, slacking I, on my I, part. No, I really just what I love about our show is that like we don't have like a like a real start to it. it just yeah, kinda, we kinda it's just, just kind like, of slide into it. It's just kind of a mess until we figure something out. Uh, ah, yeah, I did it! I did it! Uh, dang it! I'm sorry, world. You know what? You know, you know. I love, I love when we do that. We just say like we work in figures. Yeah. Oh yeah. I know Except there was something really awkward that happened the other day at church. They were. I was with. I was standing with some friends talking after the service, and they were talking about like where we were going to lunch. And yeah. they're like, they. I heard them say my name, and I'm like, huh? And they said, oh, like they're over there figuring it out. And I didn't hear, like, they're over there because they had a mask on. Uh-huh. And I was just, like, I'm, like, figuring it out <laughs> with Austin and Spencer. And she's like, what? No. No. <laughs> no. They're figuring out where to go to lunch. And I was like, oh. Whoops. Sorry. Whoops. That, that's my bad, guys. <laughs> okay. The the post-church nap, overrated or underrated? Underrated. Yes. Post Sunday afternoons are meant for, for naps. Yes. It's great. I love it. And see, I'm not a big nap guy. And You're not a big nap guy. I'm not a big nap guy. I I don't like naps because I always wake up like sweating and don't not knowing where I'm at, and <laughs> yeah. it's just not a good time. But the post church nap on Sunday is one of the best things. Oh, yeah. Like that's the Hands only down. nap I'll take. Hands down, it's great. It's like I don't know. Well, especially well because like I I get I get to church at like seven seven thirty sometimes seven forty five, and so I got to get up at like seven mm-hmm. and that's that's early for me i know a lot of you early risers out there are probably like no that's not early but <laughs> it's early for me well it's, it's much better than the uh during church nap i think that's i think it's a lot better than that <laughs> the nap. during church nap. Yeah. yeah i'm sure pastor matthew the, appreciates the present have you ever fallen asleep during church oh yeah in college yeah absolutely okay. i will because the college i went to we were required to go to the church there mm-hmm. and there were a lot of times like well, we had church basically every day except for Saturday. Yeah, because we had chapel. Yes, chapel. And so of it was like, there were some days where I'm just like, you know, like I appreciate you, but. <laughs> yep. It was just yeah. No, yeah, I've been there. Post Saturday night sleepovers, like when when you're younger. Oh yeah. Those always led to a uh, rough Sunday morning. Austin number two. Austin number two gets us back there. Yeah. Back. <laughs> he said, "Yeah." <laughs> Can I get an amen? <laughs> Saturday night sleepovers always led to falling asleep or being very tired during church. Yeah. I fell asleep almost one time. I think yeah. one time during church. My mom got pretty mad at me, especially because my dad was speaking. Oh. So I think that did, that did not add up well. You're, you're, did not make that mistake again. Man, you, you learned the hard way yeah, not to sleep in church, yep. right? Absolutely. <laughs> oh, that's great. But I do have my word of the week. If, if oh, you want to hear okay. I ap- absolutely. And we love doing word of the week with yeah. you guys. We know how much you guys, you know how enthralled you guys are about it. Uh-huh. We hope, word. we hope <laughs> we hope you're using these throughout your week <laughs> and expanding your vocabulary. Exactly. That we're we're here to help you figure out vocabulary. Yeah. Now I don't remember I don't remember any of the uh, previous ones. I'll have to go back and watch them. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember them. <laughs> but I'm sure you're adding them to your yeah. vocabulary. All right. What what do we got for this week? Okay. This morning I woke up with this this word in my head. Yeah, an for, epiphany. For no reason why. Um, the word is, are you ready for it? I'm, I'm ready. The word is agronaut. <laughs> agronaut? Agronaut. How do you, A-G- Ar- 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 Argonaut? Argonaut. Argonaut. Oh. Argonaut. Yeah. Argonaut. Okay. Uh-huh. That's, 
A Greek legend, any of a band of 50 heroes who went with Jason in the ship Argo to fetch the Golden Fleece. Or or the other definition is an adventurer engaged in a quest. <laughs> Argonaut. I kind of like that. Argonaut. I'm an Argonaut. There was a school near where I went to college. Their mascot was the Argonauts. Really? And I, they... just, I remember, like, I have never heard of that before. Because it's also a small floating octopus. So were they an octopus or were they, like, a Greek hero? It was like a soldier. It was like a knight. Their okay. logo was. But a they knight. could have been an octopus. <laughs> How do we? <laughs> okay. I don't know if I've ever. How like... are we gonna work that into our topic today? I don't know. I mean, we can use an adventurer, maybe. Yeah, that's possible. Uh, the uh, I've never seen a sports team named. I haven't octop- either. The octopus. University of West Florida. That's what it was. Okay. The yeah. University of West Florida octopus. Octopi. Uh, maybe you know? the octopi. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know what? On that note, let's go ahead and jump into our show today. Yeah. Welcome, everybody, to this heavy episode of Figuring <laughs> It Out. <laughs> we're going to gonna jump in. This, this year, our theme is kind of jumping into more of the questions that we as Christians in 21st post- postmodernism culture are dealing with yeah and one of those as you see in the title on this youtube video or this spotify episode or wherever you're watching or listening is is it okay for christians to have sex before marriage now before we jump in to the topic give a little preface give a little preface give a little warning here if we're talking about a serious a more serious topic on this episode so Maybe if you're listening to this in the car or maybe with kids around, Hot Pockets, maybe wait on this one. Um, Hot Pockets are Spencer's middle school small group. Yeah, shout out Um, Hot Pockets. Yeah, but if you're listening with kids or maybe this is not an episode you want them to hear, just take a quick time out and pause it, come back to it a different time. But yeah, we just wanted to take this episode and really dive into something because I think this is something pressing that we as Christians are facing in this 21st century postmodern environment that we're in. Yeah, especially in our culture today, it's become, I mean, you see it in literally all of our favorite TV shows, yeah. in all of the music. Uh, TikTok especially has yeah. is just hyper-sexualized. Yeah. Um, and it's everywhere and it's a norm. Like, yeah. it's, it's normal to talk about that. It's normal for it to... It's talked about as if it is normal and okay sex outside of marriage, yeah. which is not how God intended it. Yeah, and we'll we'll get into yeah. all of the kind of details of why it's not the norm, right? Yeah. But I think it's you said it. Like we live in a culture where that is, it's it's on our movie screens, it's in our ears when we listen to music, it's on our billboards when we drive down the highway, right? It's everywhere. And yeah. it's something that I think, especially with the rise in streaming services over 2020, I think it really took off. Yeah. And you look at some of the statistics of churches in America and people who are like Christians, self-proclaimed Christians in America, and the things they're watching, and it's, it's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And it's just a lot of people don't feel like they have the space to talk about it. Yeah. They feel like... It's just this problem that everybody knows is out there, but it doesn't have a place to talk about in the church. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. there is a level of brevity, and like, okay, we're not gonna we're not gonna open a Sunday service by talking about it in a flippant manner, yeah. right? 
but there is this level of there's this need i think for it in the church that mm-hmm. we as christians need to have these open conversations about this topic yeah and i think um you're right we don't talk about it a lot in church and that's just one of the few topics that i feel like are not talked about like they should be yeah and that leaves a lot of room for confusion and a lot of room for the world to kind of enter in and so when you're hearing two things from two different sides and a more like a more dominant from like you hear a lot the world is a lot louder it feels yeah. like mm-hmm. um saying that what you're hearing is just like oh you know that's rules yeah and they're saying oh but this is okay and it's a form it's a form of oppression right it's a form of that like christianity is and the bible specifically is this rule book meant to oppress the masses yeah and that's not the case right and as we kind of dive into this i think one of the lies in talking about this this situation, this topic of sex before marriage, and trying to normalize it in society, and you, uh, the the Christian response is well, but the Bible says blank. The mm-hmm. Bible the Bible lays out something, and the immediate response to that is okay, but that book was written to a specific people group at a specific time that is not twenty first century America. Yeah, and they say it's outdated. Well, I would push back on that and say it's not outdated. It's human, human nature is human nature. Human nature is sin sick, fallen and broken from as soon as Adam and Eve chose to eat of the, the forbidden fruit in the garden, it started this downward spiral of just of depravity, yeah. right? And I don't think the Bible is outdated at all. I think you read, and one of the passages we're going to talk about is in 1 Corinthians, you you read any historical literature on Greco-Roman culture in that time in like AD 40, around AD 40 when most of the New Testament was written, AD 60, somewhere in there. It was a lot like it was pretty bad. Yeah. It was as our movies have deemed it, it was rated R. Uh-huh. Like it was not appropriate and like I was reading a book the other day just getting the historical background of scripture and there were some of the things in there I was like, "Wow." Like that is, oof! Like yeah. I thought, American society was bad. <laughs> it's not like comparatively. Well, and I know like there's been comparisons to certain of those like cities that are just really just like perverse, yeah, in ways into almost a direction we're headed with like in our society, which is like you said, it seems like so far away, but I think it's headed towards a place where all of this is deemed acceptable yeah. and it normal, and we're kind of headed towards that path. And what we see in those cities in those places where it was everything was just normalized uh where that is being used a lot in our culture yeah. normalized yeah, normalized um like destruction was brought upon those yeah. cities like mm-hmm. and so the way we're headed is not a good direction yeah um but the important thing and the reason why we have scripture and scripture is not outdated though it was written a long time ago it was it's not outdated and it's like god said his word would never fail Right. Yeah. And I believe that. And it, that's been proven true over time. But that is the reason why we trust Scripture. And when we read Scripture, we find that there is a better way. It's not like we see, especially, and we're going to talk about this on a later episode, but the Old Testament. A lot of people look at the Old Testament and the violence in it and deem God as this boogeyman with a, a billy club up in heaven just waiting to strike 
for you to do something wrong, right? And yeah. it's kind of like this separation. But like God is nowhere involved in us, but he's there to punish us when we mess up. Mm-hmm. I don't see that as, as true. And you, you read scripture and there's this overwhelming theme of redemption going throughout scripture. From Genesis to Revelation, God is redeeming all of his creation. And he invites us to be a part of that. And in doing so, he shows us that pertaining to this topic about sex before marriage, there's a better way than that. Yeah. So so explain why sex before marriage, why we shouldn't indulge in sex yeah. before marriage. Um, well, we look, at, we look at scripture, and like I said, we see something vastly different than what we hear and what we see in movies today and what we see in music. Mm-hmm. What we see in scripture is this life, uh, not of just physical intimacy, but of whole person intimacy, right? We see that humans are not just mere physical. Like, it's not, like, this material world we live in is not just it. Like, yeah. there's, there's a spiritual aspect to us. There's an emotional aspect. There's a communal aspect, like a social aspect of us, and there's the physical, right? Mm-hmm. And what we see in Scripture is from the very onset, starting in, like, Genesis, in Genesis 1, we see God saying, cre- speaking creation into existence. We see God speaking the stars into existence. We see God speaking the seas into existence and the night and the day and all that we see around us into existence. But then we see God form man. And that word form is something special, something like he created. It's like taking a, a piece of clay in your hand and molding it, shaping it. And so because of that, there's this price on human life. There's this value that supersedes all of creation, right? God made us special. God made us in his image, in his likeness. And because of that, he said that it was not good for man to be alone, right? Yep. We were made to be in community with one another. And so God, the first man, Adam, which is literally – that literally means man in Hebrew, which I think is pretty cool. Um, but he made Eve, He made a woman for Adam. And you see this beautiful picture in Genesis 2, at the end of Genesis 2, where it says, I actually have it pulled up here just because I don't want to misquote it. Um, God puts Adam to sleep, and he takes Eve from Adam's rib, and he says, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh, and she shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. And then verse 24, it says, this is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united with his wife, and they become one flesh. Yeah. Right? So we see that marriage, and this that's what this the, the word marriage means. It's this union between man and woman. Mm-hmm. That is not just a man-made construct. That is something ordained by God. Yeah, it's, it's holy and it's sacred, right. and God created it as a gift. Right, and that's like, I think, I think the church has also done almost a disservice to sex. God created sex. Like, God is the author of of sex, and he created it to be good in the bounds of marriage, right? Yeah. And because of that, but what we see in society is that we've taken it outside of marriage, right? Because marriage is not easy. I'm I'm not married, but you ask anybody who's married, they're not going to say it's easy. Yeah. Right? But it's, it's hard work, and it's fulfilling, and it's joyful. But that's not all, that's not the purpose of marriage. Marriage just isn't for sex. Yeah. Marriage is for this, this whole intimacy, right? Mm-hmm. The, the emotional, the spiritual, and the physical is just one part of it. Yeah. But it's our whole person being united and becoming that one flesh. 
Yes. Right? And this kind of leads into something we were talking about and something that we both kind of like both had similar experiences in that at our universities mm-hmm. or in just in Christian dating culture, mm-hmm. there's kind of this pressure to like get married. But at the same time, you're like, you're like, okay, you're looking forward to those physical aspects. Yeah. Um, and then you rush into something yeah. that you're not ready for. And that's kind of like the only thing you're kind of looking for is for that physical uh, the sex, yeah, and then it, we saw a lot of people get married quickly yeah. and jump into something, and then realize, oh, I don't actually like this person, or yeah. oh, like this doesn't actually work. But in the moment, you're bypassing all of those red flags, all of those, all of those signals going off, like, hey, this might not be right. You may not right. be ready for this. Mm-hmm. You got some things to work on still. Right. Um, not that anybody's ready for marriage, no. really, but you're looking past those for the sex for the physical aspect of it. And then you miss the connection, the God, like you said, marriage is not built just for that. Mm -hmm. That's a gift that God includes in marriage. Yeah. It's this, and all the research out there, because you, a lot of the modern scholarship coming out is that like sex is physically good for you. Right. Yeah. And so our society that has removed God from the center says, okay, like, all of these studies say that, like, sex is physically good for you. So so go out and do it without completely, without including what God said, right? Mm-hmm. God said yes. Like, I, I, like, that is something I designed and I bless, but in the confines of marriage, yeah. right? And it's because human beings are so much more than, phys- than physical, than physical people, mm-hmm. right? We, like, what constitutes a person is not just a, a physical body. It's a soul. It's a life. And that is what marriage is. Yeah. It's the joining of two souls. And that's why you fast forward to the New Testament where in Matthew 19, it's, uh, that's actually a really it's, – it's a passage pretty commonly debated in Christianity because Jesus talks about divorce. But in setting the stage for divorce, he actually quotes Genesis. He quotes Genesis and the Pharisees came to him and said, hey, is, like, is it okay for us to get divorced for any reason? And Jesus said, hey, he said, in the beginning, he said, haven't you heard? Uh, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will be one flesh. He quotes directly from Genesis yeah. and says, hey, like, it's this, it's this beautiful harmony and union between man and woman, mm-hmm. right? So we have the Old Testament, and it's not good to rely solely on tradition. Like, the, you look at the traditions of the church, and— it's not, it's not good to say, hey, we've believed it for all these years, so it must be right. But it is worth noting that, hey, throughout all of the entire span of church history, like this has been looked on as a biblical teaching, that sex before marriage is not in God's intended design, yeah. right? And you look at that, you look at passages like Genesis, and you look at passages like Matthew 19, and you see the overwhelming emphasis on this this whole unity of persons, not just the physical unity. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so before this, we were kind of doing like some research, mm-hmm. looking for articles. And there was an article that we found like advocating for why sex before marriage is not a sin. Mm-hmm. And we were both kind of looking at like, huh? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, well, we didn't think we'd see this argument, but yeah. okay. Um, and so, but I think a lot of cases... Like that's common in yeah. that as Christians, we try to find kind of like gray areas mm-hmm. or reasons why it's okay. Yeah. Um, this is something that I've, this is 
a topic that I haven't been perfect at myself personally. Um, And so through that, though, I have to understand because you do try to play in the gray areas. You do like try to push boundaries and just Mm -hmm. like, okay, well, this isn't bad here. It's not that bad. Um, But you have to understand that you're forgiven because with that, it comes a lot of shame and guilt. Um, And I know I'm not alone in that. Like I know as there's a bunch of Christians who struggle with the same thing and just humans in general. Yeah. Um, that's a temptation that we're all going to face. Right. Um, but we do have to remember that we are forgiven, mm-hmm. um, w- like with repentance. Yeah. Um, and we do have to remember God's grace because it's easy to get down. Like it's easy for me to beat myself up. Mm. And there are days where it's like, I do forget about God's grace. Not that I've like forgotten yeah. that it's there, but like where I'm like, ah, oh, you know, I'm feeling down, I'm yeah. feeling bad about this. But then I have to remember God's grace and remember that that doesn't define me or define anyone, that God can create that transformation. Yeah. Um, and God's grace is the reason that I'm able to sit here and talk about that. Exactly. Um, which is really cool, and I'm just incredibly thankful for his grace. Um, and there's a verse, uh, I knew I was going to forget it. I said before, remind me, remind me about this verse, because I'm not going to remember exactly what it was. Yeah. But it's about uh, God's... God's grace is sufficient mm-hmm. for you, and he's talking about everyone there. It's, yeah. It doesn't matter about your failures, mm-hmm. um, because in those failures comes a strength, and in our weakness comes a strength. Yeah. Um, we're able mm-hmm. to talk about these things and yeah. help others um, yeah. and be able to like openly, you know, I'm able to talk about it here, um, but it's just able to talk about how God's strength or God works through us and mm-hmm. boast in that. Yeah. Which is really cool. And that kind of reminds me of uh, something one of my professors has been saying is the gospel comes to us on the way to someone else. Yeah. Right. And the gospel isn't just meant for us to sit with mm-hmm. and just keep to ourselves. Right. Jesus said you are the light of the world and you're not to put like you're not to put a basket over that candle. Right. Yeah. You're supposed to be a city shining on a hill. And that's exactly what God's greatness does. I know in James it says God's kindness leads us to repentance, yes. right? And that repentance is not, um, it's not us working to gain God's favor. It's us agreeing with God and turning and walking with God with all that we are. Not just, not just what we do, but just constantly being with God. You said, you said something that I think everybody can resonate with is like it's easy to forget God's grace throughout the day, right? Mm-hmm. But that's why you have all of these scriptures. To, like you think of Joshua, how he, like he said, "Hey, bind these words on your heart, write them on your forehead, so you don't forget." Yeah. Right. God doesn't love us based off of what we do or what we've done. God loves us because we are created in His image, and because the value of human life is made in His likeness. That's where our identity is found. Right. Yeah. And. I mean, Jesus went to the cross and he took our shame and guilt with him. And yeah. like that blows my mind every time. Yeah. Um, but that's just like for someone out there struggling with this, mm-hmm. like you're maybe tripped, but God's going to be right there to catch you. And he's going to say, all right, come on. Yeah. Come with me. We're going to keep going. I know you stumbled, but we're going to keep going. Yeah. Um, and that's just like an incredible picture. Yeah. And that's kind of like we wanted to emphasize that as well. Like yeah. for those of you out there who have struggled with this or maybe are struggling with it right now, we are not sitting here trying to tell you that God loves you any less no, yeah. because of that. We're here to tell you that God's grace is sufficient, like you said, that his strength is made perfect and that and I, I love what Paul says in Corinthians. It, like like I mentioned before, Corinthians talks about um 
he talks about this culture of just just moral <laughs> moral failure really I, in multiple aspects i idols um sexual immorality going all throughout the city of corinth at that time you have people like stealing from each other in the church you have people when they come to church they're just bickering with each other and what paul says is he in, in talking about this idea of sexual immorality he says don't you know that your bodies are the temple of the holy ghost Again, it's emphasizing that point that man is not just physical. Yeah. Man is a spiritual being, an emotional being, a social being. We are all made with these different parts of ourselves. And so what Paul is trying to say is sex doesn't just affect the physical, right? It's not just a rite of passage that you do physically, right? Because everybody in your high school may be doing that, or everybody at college may be doing that, Mm -hmm. or everybody at work may be doing that. No, it, because God made us in his likeness, we have multiple facets to our being. Yeah. And because of that, Paul says, Paul urges us not to participate in that. But Paul also says that there's grace, right? That yeah. God gives us grace so that we may live the life that Jesus died for. Mm-hmm. We may live that life of joy and love and, and hope. And that's the hope that the kingdom of God is here with us. Yeah, and... Like you were saying, like you, it's like this connection. You become one, and we, we how we were talking about earlier. And so when you kind of go out the the box of marriage, like you're connecting with these other people, and so part of you is with part of them. And mm-hmm. so when you move on to the next relationship, that carries over, mm-hmm. and it carries another times it carries over. Right. So when you like with your wife, you're like, oh, I have this, but I also have these other connections. Right. And so that's tough too. And I think a big part of it is why God's saying this, you could be like, why, why would God put restrictions on this? Like if, if God made this it, for it to be good and God's like, enjoy it. Like, like mm-hmm. I made this good for you. Um, why would he put like these restrictions on it? Um, it's because he cares about you. Like right. he knows that he knows that it brings like pain and hurt. He mm-hmm. knows. And so that he's trying to help you and he, that's how much he cares for you. And that's how much he loves for you. He's trying to watch out for you. He's like, Hey, yeah. here's this. And we don't listen. And yeah. And it works out not great for us because he he knows. He but knows. I think that's why, because talking about the idea of, like, Scripture is not relevant for us today. Like, sure, what Paul said, like, that one article that you said, like, like it's okay. Like, yeah. basically, sex before marriage is okay. It's not a sin. The lady who wrote it, her whole argument was that Paul wrote that specifically to the Corinthian believers. In context, yeah. Yeah, and that has really no application for us today. Well, I would disagree with that and say that all scripture is relevant, right? Just because it was written to somebody else and that immediate context does not mean it doesn't have relevance or underlying principles for us in, in today's society. Yeah. And I think that underlying principle is and that's why scripture's so relevant because it's not just it's not just a rule book of thou shalt and thou shalt not. It's abundantly practical. And in order for theology to be true, it's got to be both based in scripture and based in practicality. It's got to be lived out. And you think about that in this sense. Take the whole spiritual aspect of what the Bible says about sex before marriage out of it. If you have sex with somebody before marriage and then that relationship ends, you're going to feel more broken and more empty inside because of that. And because you had this connection with somebody that went beyond mere physical connection but it was an emotional attachment. It was a spiritual attachment. And when that attachment breaks, 
it's like it's like a part of you breaks and your heart is just shattered and that is the last thing god wants yeah god doesn't want us to go throughout life living this divided life within ourselves a lot of people are walking around and they're just their souls are divided and that's not that's not the abundant life that's not joy that's not that's not a life of peace and i think for those of you listening who may be kind of in this spot like god is not (laughs) we're not sitting here condemning you number one we're not sitting here saying that god loves you any less what we're saying is that god says what he says for a reason God is a God of purpose, and God has your best in mind, and he wants what's best for you. And because he says that, he gives us us this beautiful gift within bounds, within— within a within limits yeah right and i think there's a, there's a lot of questions that come with that and we could dive really deep into a lot of a lot of that stuff um and i like especially in like the christian dating culture because i know there's thoughts like well i know i'm going to marry this person so is that like is that okay and it's like well you aren't married yet yeah. and like that's just gonna like what if like yeah. what if things don't work out you know, so there's but a that, whole bunch of different things. I think there's a good point, and I know we're running out of time here, but it needs to be emphasized that man was not made for sex. Yeah. We were not made for sex. We were made for God. We were made to be in relationship with God, first and foremost. Take the whole dating and relationship aspect out of it. We weren't even made for that. We were made to live in community with God and with others. Mm-hmm. And that should be our priority, right? That's our focus. And the beauty of marriage is that's just that's an additional bonus. It's not like if you're not married, like we have in a previous episode, is singleness a sign of failure? In that episode, we go through like it's not, like because that's not our purpose. Yeah, we were made to be in relationship with God, and that's why like God gives us the best way to live, right? And I think if you're to leave with anything, it's to know that number one. No sin is unredeemable by God. Even this, even something like this, even something as isolating and make something that makes you feel isolated and shame. Like God can still redeem this. Number two, that that God loves you and wants what's best for you, and He wants you to live the way you were created to live. Yeah, and I think that's that's the heart of the matter. Mm-hmm. It's not so much, and and we could go into. A lot of different facets of how that, like how we've gotten away yeah. from, and but this is just one of those areas. But I think, I think when we reorient ourselves around the God-shaped life, right? Around the life oriented about God's redemption and God's, God's beauty in that redemption throughout all of creation, that's what brings us joy. Absolutely. That's what brings us peace. That's what brings us life. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that's... Uh, Look at us, just a couple of... Uh, Argonauts <laughs> trying to figure this out. <laughs> Goodness, I can't say it. I knew we were running out of time, and there was. I was trying to figure out how to work. Argonauts. Th- that there word was no into way. It. That There's was just. You know what? We were argonauts for taking on this topic. Adventures. There we go. Yeah. Where we were, we were people. No, I, I, I prefer to the to think of the Greek mythology definition okay. of Argonaut here. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, but hey, thank you guys so much for joining in with us today. Again, we say this often. But it doesn't mean we don't mean it any less. We want to hear your thoughts about this because this is something that we are figuring out. And we want to hear how you're figuring it out and how the Holy Spirit may be speaking into your life 
about uh, a topic that is hard to navigate, especially in our churches and our culture today. So again, you can you can throw this in the comments. You can email us directly. You can go into our show notes and see where to get in contact with us. But we would love, love to hear from you. Um, but anyway, until next time, we love you guys. And we're just so thankful you're here with us. Peace. Hey, everybody. This is Austin from Figuring It Out with Austin and Spencer. And we release episodes on Thursdays. And we would love to connect with you. You can watch either on YouTube or anywhere that you can download or listen to a podcast. We are on there as well. And we would love to connect with you and figure things out with you. So join us on Thursdays for Figuring It Out with Austin and Spencer.